the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And greetings. Hi there, ho there. Welcome, everybody. It is Thursday, almost to the weekend. On the Chris Salcedo Show, and I'm happy you've tuned in. Telephone number is 888-933-93-888-900-3393. Breaking news as there seems to be coalescing in the Senate around an idea to replace Obamacare. I'm sure it will factor predominantly in the flip around. Uh, when we get to it, we, you know, we've been consumed the last couple of days with other stuff. So we haven't started off the show with a flip around. And today it's back to its its regular spot. So after I let you know how to get in touch with the program, we'll get right to it. Uh, I already gave you the phone number. So how about social media? You want to go to Twitter? It's at Chris Salcedo TX at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X on Facebook. The Chris Salcedo Show. Listening to the show live at theblaze.com slash radio. That's a good avenue. How about the Blaze Radio smartphone app or the iHeart Radio app? SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher have been set up for you so that you can listen to the programming of this show and others here on the Blaze Radio Network on your schedule at your convenience. We take great pains to making sure that site is updated every day, not only with short clips of the show, but also full-length versions of the Salcedo Show and others. Go to theblaze.com. Click on the channels section and, you know, tell some friends about this too because we put up at least two or three, I wouldn't call it best of segments. I just call it interesting segments every day. Again, theblaze.com and on the channels section, that will uh, give you a flavor of what we did on the show. And yesterday I thought we did pretty well. Uh, Melissa Francis, that interview was just stellar as we've had two with her and have just been outstanding. So uh, that got a lot of feedback, as did um, uh, the the revelation that Russia is colluding with elements in America. But it's not Trump. It's left-wing environmentalist groups. We're working on getting a lawmaker in to talk about that revelation here on the Salcedo Show. So stay tuned in the coming weeks. Let's get out of the flip around. We'll start off with MSNBS. We worked with quite closely because, once again, the military, French and American together were always leading the way, the intelligence community leading the way. Um, and I, I think it's just misinformation in our current information. Yeah, yes, and our current administration. Let's talk about the impression that people have of President Trump around the world. When you look at France, uh, the, the confidence in President Trump uh, in France is 14%. Um, if you look at other places, uh, by the way, for Barack Obama from 2008 to 2016, it averaged 85%. George W. Bush uh, between 2002 and 2008 averaged. That's perfect. Perfect example. Uh, MSNBS is detailing uh, there with polling. Donald Trump uh, not liked over in France, 14%. George W. Bush was at 17.4%. Barack Obama was in the 80s. And uh, this is easily explained by other nations liking a weak America. Uh, 
a weak America has always been uh, uh, pursued uh, by, in particular, by left-wing nations, socialist nations, who believe that because America is so prosperous, it must be because we're taking it from them. And if we were good socialists like they are, we'd be working hard to support them. You see, it's a it's a socialist mentality. So a strong America has always been, well, uh, looked down upon by many other foreign nations. France is no is no different. Uh, I take heart that European socialist nations uh, don't like strong America. They did so under. Uh, they didn't like us under President Bush because he was pro-American. They don't like, uh, they, well, they definitely don't like Donald Trump because he says America first. And the French like France first and want America to, to screw ourselves to benefit them, as does Spain, as does Greece, as does a lot of these European socialist countries. That's, that's the idea of socialism. Vote to screw yourself to benefit me. That's socialism. Bet, uh, you, your family does without so that uh, our elected leaders can live high on the hog and we can redistribute your honest effort to keep other people happy who don't make any effort. Socialism, 101. So it's no wonder that, that Donald Trump is not beloved. He has an America first attitude. Now, when you ask French people, do you think it should be France first? They'll say, of course. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Let's go over to CNN. Congressman used a lot of words to try to say there were layers and authority and thorough vetting was needed. But the fundamental email that came to Don Jr. said that hey, someone high up in the Russian Justice Department had information dirt on the Clintons because the Russian government was supporting his father's campaign. Everything about that is outside the realm of normal. So let's not pretend that this is some variation on opposition research being offered by a local Paul. What Jen, uh, John Avalon is not uh, uh, conceding is that not only was it outside of the pale, but it just happened to be not true. <laughs> of course, they are consumed with Donald Trump Jr. over at CNN uh, beating up on the president because that's what CNN does nearly exclusively. Nearly exclusively, it's the beat up on Donald Trump channel. CNN, the, ba the leader of the basket of bias. So, uh, yes, and again, everything that was stated in those emails was a complete and utter fabrication. What they're saying is because Donald Trump Jr. believed it was coming from the Russian government and believed that Russia wanted Donald Trump to win, oh, that's proof that, that Russia wanted Trump to win. Well, wait a minute. That's not definitive proof whatsoever. Uh, what, what CNN is glossing over, and of course, the anchor, the the talking head anchor on this particular show didn't stop and say, well, well, wait a minute, just because some publicist over in the UK says that, that Russia is backing Donald Trump doesn't make it so. But of course, they're not into honesty over at CNN. Uh, Fox News Channel, are they going to break? Did I get to them too late? I think I did. Well, let's go over to Fox Business, see what they're talking about stocks. It's getting a boost because of some positive comments from Target. Target saying they're seeing more store traffic and ultimately giving us some optimistic outlook. And with that, Walmart jumps one and a half percent. Apple and Goldman Sachs also moving higher. Uh, Dow Jones is in record territory once again, ladies and gentlemen. And you heard that rather surprising announcement that Target is saying they're seeing more foot traffic. 
Now, why do you think that is? Now, why was their foot traffic down? Right, because of these highly publicized cases of women being inside of Target uh, dressing rooms and men identifying as women getting access and the women complaining and Target saying, "That's your, it's your problem, not ours, to the women. And women do the bulk of the buying in the family. And women weren't going to Target because they didn't feel safe. All of a sudden, Target is not out there uh, because, you know, well, Obama's out of office. It's not fashionable to be idiots anymore. So the Target's not out there saying, oh, we, we, we want to welcome men who identify as women and uh, you women are just going to have to deal with it. They're not advertising that anymore. And as the general public forgets about that, they're starting to wander back into Target stores. Um, good, good for Target. I hope they abandon this silly policy of allowing a man dressed in blue jeans and a white t-shirt with a five o'clock shadow to say, hey, I feel like a woman today. I'm going to go in there and hang out inside of the, uh, the women's dressing room. And Target's saying, okay, fine, no problem. And then when the women complain about it, they say, hey, lady, it's your problem. He's a woman today. <laughs> uh, triple eight. 900-3393-888-900-3393. Back in a minute, the Salcedo Show. We'll get into the news of the day right here on The Blaze. Telling the truth. It's one of those jobs American liberals won't do. That's why we need the liberty-loving Latino Chris Salcedo. The Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. You know, it, it isn't very often that we get uh, the executive producer of the program, Ellie, contributing content. And uh, I, when, when she asked me, she asked me, said, did you hear what, about Shia LaBeouf? At LaBeouf, 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 what, LaBeouf, whatever his name is. And I said, yes, I did. You know what she said to me? I am a nasty woman. No, she didn't say okay, that. that <laughs> did not happen. <laughs> So, no, uh, Shia LaBeouf has, uh, well, I think he's lost his mind, right? The, the guy's full tilt bozo nutcase, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, the latest incident surrounds his interaction with a police officer. Well, as a black police officer, wasn't it? Yes. All right, uh, you have the sound clip in question, yes? I do. Fire it off. Well, no, I can't hear it. Can you, do you have it, like, in program right now? There we go. I have rights. I'm an American. Come on, talk to me. You got me in my hotel, arresting me in my hotel for doing what, sir? Let's go. Yo, you really got these cuffs on me heavy, bro. I'll, I'll fix yeah. Let me out. Listen, can we talk, me and you? No, we can't talk nothing. Listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not I'm the one arresting American. you. Okay. I'll pay my taxes. Get the off my arms. So, so we're not going to have a conversation? No. Okay. You're going to put these off my arms or you'll be Ford. You got a president don't give a about you, and you still ah. the police force that don't give a about you. So you want to arrest black, white people who give a who ask for cigarettes? I came up to you trying to be nice, you stupid. 
So he's saying all of this to the police officer, the first officer, and he goes on from there. I want to bring in Alexis Terestchuk. She is a CNN Oh, CNN was talking about it. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, you can bring it down. So that's Shia LaBeouf. He, he was getting a, well, did, he, I think he actually got arrested. He was trying to bum a cigarette. Somebody said no, and he, he kind of went crazy. He said to the black police officer who was arresting him that he wouldn't go to heaven <laughs> because he was black. <laughs> your president, your president doesn't give a blank about you, man. Your president doesn't give a blank. And then, and then he turns around and says, you're not going to heaven, man, because you're black. I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what what does this he to must, a guy who, by all accounts, he must have been strung out. He strung. Oh, you mean he was on? He, he oh, was on probably, drugs. Probably, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think that is uh, in uh, in all likelihood true. I, we don't know for sure. He could be, just be a jackass, you know, all on his own without the influence of drugs. But I, you got to ask yourself, Shia LaBeouf was, uh, you know, it might have been the Transformers movies that did him in because they suck. They really do suck. Uh, lacking in, uh, and with all apologies to Michael Bay, visually, I guess you could say they're stunning. They're just lacking in storytelling. And can you imagine starring opposite Megan Fox and then uh, realizing she's not really yours? <laughs> That's enough to drive any man crazy. I mean, just off the deep end. And this guy, since Donald Trump's election, this guy has been unhinged. I mean, just filled with rage and hate. And you heard it. He's getting arrested. And all he can think of is Donald Trump. I mean, in this man's mind. And then, and then he tries to blame Donald Trump for his behaving as a moron. I mean, what's he going to blame Donald Trump for his racism too? Ellie, as a as a millennial, as millennial representative on this program, when you see a millennial icon, and I think it's it's fair to call Mr. LaBeouf, LaBeouf, Lobotomy, whatever his <laughs> last name is, uh, call him a a millennial icon. He came up in your era, much like the actors of see who was my actors and actresses were Molly Ringwald. Charlie Sheen, um, John Cusack. Those were the up-and-coming young actors when I was growing up. Those, are the, those were the cutting-edge folks. So your, your generation is, well, I don't want to say represented by Shia LaBeouf, but he's one, he's one of those guys who has been in movies as you were coming of age, yes? Yeah. Okay. Now, what do you think? Now, when you see one of one of these individuals falling this hard, what do you, what what is your um, reaction? Um, that I don't. I I hate when when people say that celebrities kind of set the way for millennials, or like kind of set like celebrities are seen as what the rest of us are like, even though that's not true. Well, they do reflect a, a culture. I mean, back in. You're too young to remember this, or maybe you saw this with your folks. Uh, the movie The Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Or 16 Candles. Or any, that too. Uh, yeah, I mean, the music, the genre, the feel. I was, You know what I was just watching last night? I was watching uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, no, it's a good one. And it's, Beverly Hills Cop 1 was better. But I was watching it, 
And I was thinking to myself, man, what was the last good feeling movie I actually saw? Because even though it was a bunch of things blowing up and people dying and shooting and like that, the camaraderie between Eddie Murphy and his co-stars, you could feel it. And it was a good time. And they're having a good time. And you you as uh, watching in the audience was a good time. Today, what's in cinema, by and large, save the the superhero movies, and even they are getting darker. Your generation is cranking out some pretty dark stuff. I mean, I've got to say it. And, and maybe maybe it's just me saying, well, back in my day, we had a whole bunch of cool movies and they were happy. And you know, you're just so dark here. In, but I don't, I think this is a, this is a difference in genre. This isn't a golden age of Hollywood that we're in right now. A lot of these are repeats. A lot of these are, uh, remakes, and then you've got stars like Shia LaBeouf. Look, he's he's from your generation, not mine. So, I, and I guess, and I'm not trying to do this to condemn your generation. It's like Molly Ringwald didn't speak for every Gen Xer, right? And Charlie Sheen certainly didn't. And Cusack, he's about as left wing as they come. So uh, all, all I'm saying is, is that as you're coming up, your contemporaries who happen to be in Hollywood and getting the bulk of the attention and, and for better or for worse, are trendsetters. I mean, do, do you think in any way that what's coming out of Hollywood and the actors who are behind Hollywood are reflective of the times? Are the times, do the times reflect them? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I really do. And, and, and again, we had, we had our kooks and we had our, our very talented people. Now, when I was watching movies when I was a kid, the grown-ups, quote-unquote, were the guys like, and I think I mentioned this, this movie yesterday, Gregory Hines and, um, and Billy Crystal. They were older folks, even Whoopi Goldberg. Older folks who were in their prime. Schwarzenegger, another example. Uh, Sly, Sylvester Stallone. Those were all uh, guys who were acting as I was coming up, right? Generation X's, they were the elder statesmen of Hollywood, if you will. Today, who are the elder statesmen in Hollywood? (laughs) I'm I'm trying to think of, maybe it's uh, Robert Downey Jr., who I think is pretty good, who's a, he's had some, substance abuse problems but he's a gifted gifted actor uh who else who am i missing who who was who's an icon today that is kind of you know generation x acting in your movies ellie who do you who do you who do you look of look at as my age you know mid 40s um like cameron diaz like that well, or that's you, true. Would you consider her? Yeah, Cameron younger? Diaz, Lucy Liu. Lucy Liu, yeah. Uh, Drew Barrymore. Well, yeah, well, yeah, Drew Bar- and Drew Barrymore, she had her issues too when she was a kid. Yeah. Uh, she, she's, been a, she's been a Hollywood brat. But as she's gotten older, she actually gets cooler. And, there's, and there are very few people that could pull that off. And I think, oh, Sat Sandler, uh, Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah, another, Adam Sandler. Uh, yeah, I mean, these, these, these guys, they haven't lost it. As they get older, they get cooler. I'm just saying. Uh, hey, who do we have next? Yeah, it's uh, Michael McCall. We're not talking with him about the movies, I promise. Be right back. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. 
3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Chris Salcedo Show. I am your liberty-loving Latino. Do not confuse me with loudmouth leftist Latinos out there. I actually love the United States of America. Joining me now, Congressman Michael McCall from the 10th District here in the great state of Texas. Congressman McCall, Chairman of the House Committee on Homeland Security, also the author of this book, Failures of Imagination, The Deadliest Threats to Our Homeland and How to Thwart Them. Congressman, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Chris, for having me. Russia is funding, sending money over here to the United States. Uh, your colleagues, Lamar Smith and Randy Weber, uh, from uh, also from the same area down in South Texas you are representing, uh, uh, have discovered a money trail from Vladimir Putin funding green groups. Their, their effort is to shut down American energy production, which directly impacts us here in the state of Texas. The idea is to drive up prices of energy so that Vladimir Putin can finance his thuggish government. Uh, what do you say about this revelation of actual ties of Russia funding left-wing groups in America? Well, it's it's uh, right up their alley. This is what they do. That they try to destabilize countries, uh, whether it be Europe or the United States. And now we have a concerted effort coming out of the Kremlin uh, to you know fund leftist groups of all things to then impact the price uh, or production of energy in the United States, which then in turn benefits them. And remember, Putin's main source of um, income for his country is his energy output and his uh, oil and gas. So if he can disrupt our production, which is what they're apparently trying to do, uh, that plays to their benefit. And this, they're masters at disinformation, uh, campaign warfare, whether it's elections or whether it's doing stuff like this to, to uh, jack up the price of energy coming out of Russia and, and, uh, and destabilize our efforts to produce energy in the United States. And he uses energy on the former Soviet republics to keep them in line. He uses it as a threat. And Donald Trump has said he wants to undermine that threat by exporting American energy over to these former Soviet satellite states so that they will no longer be held hostage by Vladimir Putin. Uh, and yeah, and, and that is we good. We passed the crude oil export uh, ban, yes. lifting this long-time ban on crude oil. Primarily, well, it's good for Texas, first of all, but it also has a very good foreign policy bent to it because the uh, European Union actually asked us to lift that ban because they don't want to be dependent on Russian oil. And so this gives us the ability to produce and sell energy to Europe and help get them off this dependence of, of Russian oil. Yeah. And liquefied natural gas, too. You, you and I have talked LNG. before yeah, mm -hmm. about this, this massive discovery, possibly the second largest proven oil and natural gas reserve right there in West Texas. I mean, we could, we could be the primary supplier to all of Eastern Europe to get them out from under the, the jackbooted thuggery of, of Vladimir Putin. Let's, let's switch gears if we can. Sanctuary cities, very much in the headlines, not only here in the state of Texas, where uh, Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio have joined, joined lawsuits because they, they want the ability to stand up for illegal alien felons to continue to let them out on the streets to harm Americans. Uh, the Trump administration and the governor of this state, the, the state of Texas, saying, hey, I don't think that's right that we ought to allow these these states to thumb their nose uh, and these cities to thumb their nose at the rule of law. California is going one step further. 
California is declaring the whole dang state a sanctuary state for illegal alien felons. My question to you is, what can the federal government do and what would you support, Congressman, to punish the state of California for violating the rule of law? Well, we just passed last week our uh, sanctuary city bill uh, at the federal level and under our Constitution, a federal law will preempt a state law uh, such as this. So, you know, I urge this. The Senate's got to get this passed, uh, signed into law by the president. It's a big priority uh, that he ran on, of course. Uh, and then it will es- essentially uh, null and void that uh, statute in California. It's amazing, California, you compare it to Texas. And, you know, they, uh, they just passed a cap-and-trade bill in California uh, just the other day. <laughs> As well, I applaud our state leadership in Texas for what they've done on this very important issue. And I think the, well, I think what you're going to see is a practical effect is you're going to see more criminal aliens going to California uh, and leaving the state of Texas. So, uh, and all we say is cooperate with federal law enforcement. And if there is a what's called an ICE detainer on an individual, individual to honor that detainer and turn that person over to uh, federal authorities. And that's, that's really all we're asking for. Well, and, now uh, here, but, you know, most people do that and should do it anyway. Yeah. Well, here in the state of Texas, we have that we passed a law that will criminalize elected leaders openly and wantonly violating the rule of law. We will throw uh, liberal extremists in jail if they decide to, to th- show their support and their, uh, and their love for illegal alien felons by trying to let them back on the streets to plague American citizens. Should a similar, uh, fate befall elected leaders out in the state of California if they violate the federal law, if it, get pa- if it gets passed? Well, again, I, I think this, uh, the federal provision has civil uh, penalties that a, a municipality that does not follow this law, hopefully it will be passed into law, uh, can be sued uh, by, by the victims. And I think that's an appropriate uh, measure. But I think what, what, you know, I talked to Dan Patrick and others, what their thinking is with the state of Texas is that if you're going to you're going to give uh, criminal aliens a safe haven, you're actually being complicit with criminal uh, wrongdoing. And, and so, you know, I, I, t- I completely understand, you know, where the state was coming. Our provision at the federal level uh, is very, very similar to the state provision, but uh, provides for civil uh, penalties. So yeah, I right. once this is signed into law, the doctrine of preemption under the Constitution will provide, you know, basically, um, again, null and void that uh, California law. Yeah, and you know why I ask, because there are many Americans, and in particular many Texans, who are tired of these people of one political party violating the law, and they get to walk scot-free, and, and they get to sit there, oh, I, I'm a Democrat, I get to violate the law, and they get to go out and do whatever the heck they want. Uh, with impunity, and people are tired of that, and I, I would rationalize that's why Donald Trump got elected. Congressman Michael McCall is our guest right now, 10th District, here in the great state of Texas. Sir, you are involved with something called Race for Children, the Race for Children Act. What is that? Well, this will be the third uh, childhood cancer bill that we ha- have moved forward in, in the Congress. Um, you know, I, I, I chaired the Childhood Cancer Caucus to help these, uh, you know, it's the number one killer of our children in this country. And uh, this particular bill will require the FDA to, when they look at adult cancer drugs, look at the application of those drugs to children. It seems like a pretty basic premise. However, they, they were refusing to do this. And there are many cases of adult uh, drugs that could be applied to children to save their lives. And I've seen so many 
cases of, of parents wanting their children to get on these uh, particular therapies, drug therapies, but we're not allowed to do so uh, because of this arcane law under the FDA. With the passage of this bill, very bipartisan, by the way, um, overwhelming support, um, and it's on a must-pass piece of legislation, the FDA authorization. I think this bill uh, will, will save you know, the lives of many children out there. All right. Last thing I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, I, I didn't want to dominate the interview with this because I, I wanted to talk about the more substantive issues. But uh, some of your colleagues up there on the Hill, uh, this is Senator Kane, the former Democrat vice presidential candidate. In regards to Donald Trump Jr.'s uh, uh, meeting that fell, 20 minute meeting with that Russian lawyer, here's what he said. This is moving into perjury, false statements, uh, and even in potentially treason. Treason, Congressman. In your view, does, does this rise to the level of treason for Donald Trump Jr.? I, I think, look, we have a special counsel, Bob Mueller, assigned to investigate this. We also have a House and Senate investigation. I don't want to jump to any conclusions till we have all the facts, you know, in front of us. Um, we are going to pass a Russian sanctions bill, I think, in the next couple of weeks, you know, up here. But let, let's let these investigations play out before we jump to conclusions and start you know, calling out pe- people for treason. Uh, you know, I am, you know, I don't know. I, I, I kind of get the sense listening to a Sean Hannity interview that he was just a little bit, you know, careless. And, and uh, you know, this person, this lawyer, apparently did have some sort of Russian, you know, intelligence background. That concerns me, quite honestly, Chris, that kind of person's uh, in Trump Tower. But let's, let's not uh, start jumping to th- these wild conclusions about uh, whether it was they – you know, violated, uh, cr- you know, criminal statutes or you know, it was treason. This is all going to play out in, in these investigations. And, you know, we're going to get to the bottom of it. I think the American people deserve to know. But let's not engage in a bunch of hyperbole as well before we have all the facts. Failures of Imagination, the Deadliest Threats to Our Homeland and How to Thwart Them. That's the name of the book, the author, Congressman Michael McCall, the 10th District here. In the great state of Texas, good friend of the program, sir. Appreciate you being here as always on the Chris Salcedo Show. Hey, likewise, Chris. Thanks for having me. All right, uh, 800-288, I say, 888 Ask the phone number here at the Chris Salcedo Show. When we get back, we'll, we'll detail what's going on with the latest revelations. There is something that's moving, ladies and gentlemen. There is something that is moving as far as cheap. Where did this Russian lawyer come from? Why was she allowed to be in the United States? It's coming up, the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. It's not just a show. It's a movement. Join the swarm. Twitter hashtag Salcedo Swarm. Only on The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. I would like to direct you to the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. Uh, the Democrats claim they are the ones who are to fix, uh, well, their first problem, which was the HMO system gifted to them, to us by them. And then uh, Obamacare said, well, the first Democrat idea failed, so let me replace it with another Democrat idea, Obamacare, and that's an utter failure. So now let us go to single payer, said the Democrats. 
And there is a picture of Senator Cantwell, a Democrat, uh, talking about the war on Medicaid. <laughs> That's right. This sitting senator who wants, who thinks she knows the best way to uh, fix the healthcare system the Democrats broke is having a problem with spell check. The war on Medicaid. Uh, this was a a placard. You know how they they put it up on an easel there in the in the well of the Senate to show the Republicans. She said the, the report Republicans war on Medicaid. What's Medicaid? <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to we're supposed to trust them to fix our health care that they broke, but they can't even consult a dictionary. Uh, telephone numbers eight triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three to New York, the state of. We talked to Rich. Hey, Rich, welcome to Chris Salcedo Show. Chris, you know you should know this. It's Medicaid because they charge by the letter. You know. <laughs> yes, it does seem. You know what? And, and I I went round and round and round with a progressive on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page about this, Rich. And I said, what, why do you think it's fair for the American people who agreed to Medicaid? And then all of a sudden, some elected leader to come on and say, oh, yeah, remember that 2% that it was costing us in the federal budget? Now we're going to make it cost nearly 10% of the federal budget. Take money out of your pocket because we want to cover more people on it. And, and, yeah. and the American people go, that's not what we voted for. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I, I think that what the people voted for just doesn't exist. I think... Um, the idea of uh, affordable, great health care for everybody is a unicorn. Um, and, Chris, did you hear uh, Donald Trump in an interview, and, and it might have been the one with the, um, yesterday with the, uh, who, who's the, um, that's the Christian Broadcasting Network, Mr. Uh, yeah, Pat Robertson, right? Pat Robertson, right. There's it might have been there. Robertson. Yeah. And with regard to, the health care bill, you know, Mr. Trump says, I'm just waiting for something to come across my desk so I can sign it. Now, it's kind of a very cavalier and disturbing statement to me, but, but politically and strategically sound for him, because it sounds like he knows that Anything is a loser, and it is going to be, because what I said before is absolutely true, Chris. You just cannot provide everybody with wonderful health care at, at affordable prices. You just you can't get water from a stone, and you can't do that. And oh, no, so no, 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 no. A slight correction. I think you're almost, you're almost on track. But mm -hmm. the, the one correction I would make, you can provide affordable health care to, to match people's needs. It's called the free market. Government can't do it. Of course, you're right. There's no prayer in hell that government has of doing this to where it's equitable, cost-effective, and uh, gets people what they want. Uh, you're absolutely right. Government cannot well, do this. Well, the free market, if, if it is truly a free market, if real competition takes place, like you know, they, they have to repeal that law, and I'd like to know who enacted it, that says you can't buy insurance outside your state. I mean, that was a real, you know, moronic, I, I wonder who benefited from that one. You know Gee, what I'm saying? I wonder who. The, the ones who had the deep pockets to be able to buy off the legislators to actually make it happen. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, if you can bring real competition into the market, then you can say to the people, look, this is the best 
that can happen. You can't legislate anything any better than this because, you know, a, a, a strict competition, pure competition, is what brings down the prices and brings out the best product. And that's not going to be allowed. As a matter of fact, Rich, you took me right where I wanted to go. Coming up, thank you for the call, buddy. Uh, right. we're, going to, we're going to listen to Rand Paul. We'll listen to Senator John Cornyn. And Rich is absolutely right. The, 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 the Democrats and Republicans, I get, I get them mixed up nowadays. Um, the Republicans have rolled out this idea. Uh, and you, you get this impression, it's like, just pass anything so we can get on to tax reform. The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.